Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. This is AWOD Radio Live and local here, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And every Monday, I'm broadcasting from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break on a Monday. You deserve it. And it is a victory Monday here on Richmond's home for the Commanders, 910 The Fan. Let's go. Fourth victory Monday of the year. And I'll tell you guys, I'm pumped. I'm pumped up. And last Monday, after the loss to the our Eagles, heartbreaking loss, I did predict it. I said, I saw enough offensively here that I think we could win against New England. We can win against the Seahawks and the Giants. I did predict a three-game win streak. Then the trade deadline came and went, and the trade deadline day drama corrupted my mind. I was convinced. After trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young, this team did not want to win. But man, the defense did miss their pass rush against the Patriots because they had zero sacks, but it was Sam Howell slinging Sam Howell, throwing it downfield. And even though I did predict a commander's loss by the end of the week, I am feeling so great here on a victory Monday. How are you feeling? 833-804-0910. How are you feeling here on the fourth win of the year, scale of 1 to 10? 833-804-0910. Phone lines are open throughout the show. I'm feeling about an 8 out of 10 after the Commanders beat the Patriots 20-17. to In fact, it had been 20 years since Washington defeated New England, and they had never won a game from Gillette Stadium. It was 2003 from FedEx Field, thanks to a couple turnovers by Tom Brady. The Skins went on to win that game. 20 to 17. Here we are 20 years later and history has repeated itself. I feel great. I've been saying all season long, I'm so frustrated with the defense, right? It they just they have so many plays where they just suck and they give up the explosive play after explosive play and it's so annoying because it feels like there's so much talent and yet every once in a while they're like Swiss cheese with a bunch of holes in their coverage and that continued yesterday with a big explosive play, the career long for Ramondre Stevenson. But Sam Howell didn't care. He didn't care about a turnover himself in the end zone. He just balled out. Slinging Sammy Howell looked tremendous. That was the first time all year, in my opinion, that he had back-to-back great offensive games. For the first time since 2020, Washington went over 400 yards in back-to-back games offensively. And as most of the locker room seems to say, Washington may have finally found our quarterback, may have finally found our franchise guy. And that's the most important thing about this season, right? Not wins and losses. We already won this year by moving on from Dan Snyder, the devil himself, Josh Harris, purchasing the team for $6.05 billion. So it's not all about defensive performances. To me, it's about finding our quarterback and him putting in the work. Sam Howell has grown so much since week one. He's throwing the ball away now. He's avoiding sacks. You're seeing that number drop down. And he's running when under pressure. You cannot teach what he's got. And that's Moxie. He's a gamer. That third down run was so awesome to watch. It didn't even seem real. Um, We talked about that with Michael Phillips last segment there. I mean, he looked like a running back. He broke the tackle like a tight end and then pushed forward for the first down, getting all of his teammates fired up as well. So how are you feeling today on a victory Monday, 833-804-0910? We begin with the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Commander's Sunday victory. Let me hear that Commander's theme song, Stub, as we begin with the good. And that is Sam Howell. Slinging Sam Howe. 29 for 45, one touchdown, 325 yards, five rushes for 27 yards. And 
The offense was able to ground and pound as well. As a team, they combined for 124 yards rushing with 27 from Howell and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson combining for 97 yards and one touchdown. The good have to include the rookies. Rookie Emmanuel Forbes is back. Three tackles, two pass deflections, nearly one interception if the um, receiver for the Patriots had not grabbed his arms. He think I think he comes down with that pick. Rookie Quan Martin had the game ceiling interception. So the rookies made plays. Last year's rookie, Jahan Dotson, two drops, but also with those two drops, two clutch catches, finished with four grabs for 69 yards and a big 33-yard touchdown catch. The bad? Well, it has to be that the Commanders gave up 107 yards rushing, including that 64-yard run to Ramondre Stevenson, pretty much untouched to the house. Uh, after the play, Jack Del Rio just showing the iPad to Jamin Davis, saying, hey, Jamin, you need to cover that side there uh, of the run. But uh, I, I look at it more as a Jack Del Rio issue. How is your defensive scheme have one guy that's supposed to make the tackle. Shouldn't you be gang tackling with two or three guys on every single play? So frustrated by that defensively, that's on Jack Del Rio, in my opinion, to give up another explosive play. How about Hunter Henry with the touchdown over Kalik Hudson? I think that's a bad play design to have Hudson, who's small and mighty, but very small, on a tall tight end. Then we get to the ugly of the commander's 20-17 win. And there's not that much that's ugly in this win, but I do need to point out Sam Howell's interception in the end zone. That was one ugly play by your quarterback there. Not sure what he saw because nobody was open. And honestly, I don't know about you guys now, but I'm more upset with Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy there because that's a great drive towards the end of the half. All right, you get the first down. It's under 30 seconds left in the half. The clock is running. You have three timeouts. Call timeout. I'm screaming at my TV. Call timeout. Instead, they run a play that they think would most likely end up in the end zone or an incomplete pass, and that would stop the clock, right? Instead, right, they hurry up to the line. They try to get away with that bad call. You roll out right, chop the defensive end, and only have two receiver options. Tight ends covered. Sam should throw the ball away. We all know that. But as a coach, you need to know that's what your quarterback struggles with, throwing the ball away. You have three timeouts. Please call timeout. Set up a run play, all right, or a pass with more than two options there in the red zone. So uh, I was frustrated about that, but absolutely a win is a win. It'll always be a win. It's not a loss, and it's so much better than a tie. And just like that, Washington is 4-5, and five and just on the outside of the playoffs looking in, I think a loss might have ended the season at 3-6, and six, but this is such a week-to-week -week league that at 4-5 and five off of a win feels almost like 6-5. and five. And 6-5, and five, I will say, is surely possible with the Seahawks, Seahawks offense looking terrible this weekend against the Ravens. And Daniel Jones out for the season now with another injury. Washington will follow up the Seahawks game by meeting the Giants on the following week. But today, we celebrate a win. Give me your thoughts, 833-804-0910. We celebrate the possibility of finally ending our search for a franchise quarterback. We celebrate the rebirth of Han Solo Dotson, the sensational sophomore out of Penn State. We celebrate the rejuvenated rushing attack, B-Rob and Gibby combining for 100 yards. We celebrate a defensive win. You know, I, I think you could say that the defense only gave up three points outside of the Brian Robinson fumble that gave the Patriots ball in the red zone, led to a touchdown, and the 64-yard run. Outside of those two drives, this was a tremendous defensive performance. Who needs Chase Young and Montez Sweat when James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill perform like that? 
We did end up with zero sacks, though, but I thought the secondary really showed up in a big win. And the Commanders are already an early six-point underdog next Sunday in Seattle. But historically, they've played really well there in the past 7-1 and all-time in the regular season. This is not a playoff game, though. Thank goodness, because the Commanders have not won a playoff game in Seattle. And last time they lost in Seattle was actually week three, 1998. But I want people to think about this for a second here. Sam Howell was on pace to take the most sacks in NFL history. That was the big talk about your quarterback here. Oh, they can't coach this out of him. He's taking too many sacks. Our offensive line is terrible. All they did is replace center Nick Gates. And Sam has only taken two sacks per game since then. The offense has put up four, 51 points in two games. That's improvement. That is improvement, folks. And I thought the play calling from Eric Bieniemy throughout the game was terrific, right? Running it outside, some runs up the middle. Then they threw it down the seam, uh, which is the weakness in the Patriots' defense there. Sam Howell was able to fire it deep because he had protection to sit back and make those throws. And you know what? As good as Eric Bieniemy was, you can't draw up a third and 23, 24-yard run for Sam Howell. I mean, that's just something that uh, you get out of a quarterback that's a gamer like Sam Howell who never wants to give up on third down, never wants to get off the field. But what you can draw up is a terrific deep pass to Jahan Dotson. Just a great game plan and better execution. What went wrong from the Patriots? Good game plan, bad execution. Right, Guys were open, Mac Jones missed them. Guys were open. Mac hit them, and they just dropped it. It also had a lot of missed tackles for the Pats defensively, which led to Washington gaining extra yards on certain plays, and because of that, they converted first downs. The commanders, for a whole, were 9 of 17 on third down. 9 of 17, just over 50%, while the Patriots were lousy. 3 of 12. I love that from our defense, but I'll tell you, the most telling stat from the game, how do you win on the road? How do you win on the road? Dominate time of possession. 37 minutes with the ball for the Commanders to just 23 for the Patriots. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on a Victory Monday, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. I'm here till 3 p.m. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Happy hour just got happier at Cap Ale. That's Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30. And I'm here every Monday throughout the NFL season, recapping the college football action, the Sunday slate in the NFL, and getting you Set for Monday Night Football tonight. We'll be also talking VCU basketball on the show today. Robbie Robinson will join me at 1.30, and you can hear Robbie right here on 910 The Fan for the call tonight with a 7.05 tip-off. Back to the commanders. as Nothing comes easy for the Skins. Nothing comes easy for Skins fans. As I'm watching the game, I'm sure you all felt the same way. I just assumed it would come down to the final drive, the final play. It always seems to play out that way. Washington with a nail-biting victory or a heartbreaking loss. Week in and week out. This week came away on the right side thanks to an errant pass by Mac Jones that was tipped by the receiver and landed into the diving arms of rookie Quan Martin. And joining us right now to recap the game, you heard him Monday through Friday from 10 to noon 
That's MP on the Mike Michael Phillips. What's going on, Michael? Yo, feeling good, and uh, I, I just couldn't agree with you more. I thought at ten nothing, you're like, all right, this is this is who the Commanders want to be. Patriots don't seem to have have it today. Uh, th- this will be easy. And then of all things, a Brian Robinson fumble opens the floodgates, and all of a sudden it's fourteen ten. After you blink, you're like, dang, these guys just can't do anything easy. No, you're so right. I mean, throughout the game, Washington dominated more yards, more yeah. first downs, more big plays. But it was the yeah. two costly turnovers that allowed New England to go from 10 nothing to up 14-10 with the quickness. Uh, but you got to love the way the defense got a bunch of stops there at the end of the game. Well, that that's the formula, right? And, you know, Mac Jones is obviously not a – we're not talking about Tom Brady in his prime here, but at the same time – he has game-winning drives this year. He's orchestrated one already, and he was driving down the field. That's a tough situation as a defense. You're trying to play back, guard against the big throw. You're not going to let him get a 40-yard completion, but that, that gives up some underneath stuff, and that gives up some stuff uh, there. And I thought that the decisive interception was actually not on Mac Jones. I, he had a bad day. I think he's a bad football player. But I, I thought he put that one in a spot where Smith-Schuster could get it, and, and there was the deflection by Fuller and, and then Quan Martin was right there and that's that's everything we've asked for from this defense. Bend, don't break, get takeaways. Uh, check check all three boxes. Check check check. I, I loved what I saw. MP, how good is Sam Howell compared to the other thirty one quarterbacks in the league? Some stats say he's top ten. I, Adam Epstein, am not saying he's top ten, but the stats kind of are saying that, Mike. I, I'm going to make a one through 32 list, I think, tonight, because this, this is a great topic. And, I, like, there are definitely 10 guys who are better than him. Like, we could just, if, if we're doing, like, if, if Kirk Cousins counts, which I like, I think he does for the purposes of this thought exercise, like, you know, guys, guys who are starters this year for their teams. Like, I, I do think you'd rather have Matt Stafford than Sam Howell right now. But, man, you know the one thing Sam Howell has that those guys don't have? A rookie contract a rookie contract is the most beautiful thing in the nfl for a quarterback those guys count 25 30 35 million dollars against the salary cap for their team sam howell's over here getting paid like he gets his little like bag of noodles from maggiano's after the game and i I think that's like all the money he makes for the day and then you know whatever endorsements he can get on the side it is a gift and you have to judge it on that curve too if you can find a rookie quarterback and get this level of play out of him, you do cartwheels. This is what general managers dream of, and he gets better every week. That's what I love, too. Honestly, and the statistics do, you know, obviously really like Sam Hell a lot. I would love for him to scoop backwards in the statistics over the next five weeks and see a little more Brian Robinson, a little more Antonio Gibson, see a little more rushing mixed in, kind of now, now that the enemy's proven himself, now that Hell's proved himself, I think it's a really good opportunity to mix the rush game in more. And if, if Sam Howell maybe takes a step backwards in a couple statistical categories, I think this team could maybe even take another big step forward. I, I actually agree with you. Now, um, I, I'm fine with him throwing the ball you know, 40 times a game because I do think it will help him develop yep. quicker as a quarterback. But you're right. Now that teams are you know, looking and scouting us and seeing the highlights, the man, they can throw the deep ball to Jahan. They can throw it to Terry. Uh, we should definitely uh, squeeze in a couple more runs. But, Michael, let me ask you this. A win is a win. It will always be a win. But 
What frustrated you? Because it was an ugly win, just a three-point victory over what is a bad Patriots team. It feels weird to say that, but they're 2-7 and seven now. Yeah. I feel great about the win, but what frustrated you? Well, you mentioned Jahan Dotson. The, the drops were a little frustrating, and they, they've been accumulating here. Uh, Jamin Davis at the top of the frustration list. I mean, just, you know, that that's why I don't worry about even if they go on a November heater, like somehow Ron's staying around or anything like that, because Ron's the GM and Ron's done a bad job as the GM. And I, I think those are the merits he'll be graded on as well. And that's not going to change in the next few weeks. Jamin Davis not filling his hole, allowing Ramon J. Ray Stevenson to run for 65 yards. It, it, it's nonsense. I mean, you, you shouldn't be making those mistakes when you're, you're this deep into your career and you have the coaching that you have, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, the, you know, the, the Sam Howell interception before halftime was very frustrating, and if he makes that with, with the game on the line at some point, obviously people are going to point at the TV and yell and say, see, I told you so. But his bounce back was equally impressive. But, Adam, you asked me what frustrated me, and there's only one thing that really genuinely frustrated me yesterday, and I have a feeling it frustrated you as well. And that was K.J. Henry getting his first NFL sack, creating momentum with a monster play on third and ten to knock them out of field goal range and force a fumble. And the referee coming in and saying, that decision to tackle the quarterback is roughing the passer. Don't do it again. Yeah. Yeah, it was so bad. It was. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of people on social media that said it was the worst rushing the passer call of all time because all he did was tackle the guy with the football, and this is the National Football League. Uh, last time I checked, that's what you are supposed to do. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. Michael, hold on. We've got a caller on line two. Let's go to Frank in Mechanicsville. Frank in Mechanicsville, you're on the fan with AY. Hey, Wad and uh, MP, how y'all doing, fellas? We're doing pretty doing good. Great. It's a victory Monday. It, it sure is a victory Monday. Um, you know, it's funny because I was calling in to make very similar points that y'all just were talking about. Um, you know, a win is a win. Uh, I was funny. I was reading Facebook comments, and one, one person called us the cardiac arrest commanders, and I think that's a perfect <laughs> way to put it. Uh, you know, I would love to be able to dominate games, but this team's just not good enough to do that. Uh, that KJ uh, Henry call was the worst in in the history of the NFL, in my humble opinion. Uh, I wish there was a way that refs could get fined for horrible calls because that guy would be fine left and right. Um, I'm I'm glad we we got the win. The defense played very well, excluding that one run. Um, we were able to turn the ball over. And I think one of the most like positive outcomes for me personally is that Sam Howell, I, to me, is going to be our franchise qu- quarterback. He He's learning week in, week out. He's growing. That pick was a very bad play, but he's not taking as many sacks. You can credit that to the offensive line. Um, but I just, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy we got a win. I, I think that Seattle game is, a, is a definitely a winnable game, and then you, you follow up with the Giants, I think. But I'm, I'm happy that we, we pulled, pulled out the W and, uh, and everybody played fairly well. Frank, I want to ask you, how happy are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Because I do believe the fan base is torn right now. Like, not torn on Ron Rivera himself, but torn on how we want the outcome of this season to be, right? Like, I took a ton of calls (laughs) Saturday, and a lot of people said, oh, yeah, I'd rather lose and get a better draft pick rather than fight for a final playoff spot. And, you know, like we've been talking about, the chance that Ron Rivera could be uh, held on to for next season. I don't think that's going to happen, but how happy are you today on a scale of 1 to 10? 
Yeah, honestly, uh, I was talking about this this morning with uh, one of my coworkers, Commanders fan. I'm like a six. Hey, a win's a win. You take them when you can get them. But at the end of the day, if it's if it's a meaningless win that puts us in the bottom of a playoff hunt where we lose in the first round, um, you know, what does that really get you? A- absolutely nothing. Um, it, because it's nothing to build upon because Ron's not going to be here next year. It's going to be the entirely new coaching staff. Who knows what the team looks like next year? But you can use, you know, a higher draft pick to, to draft your first-round offensive tackle or offensive guard to show up that offensive line and, and build for the future. Um, I, just, I just don't want to get in a position where we do that and we continue to win and then we get in the playoffs and we lose. That's just, to me, that's not worth it at all. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Good call, Frank. I appreciate you chiming in. MP, your final thoughts on the win, man. I just did. The number one thing this year, Adam, is, is Sam Hell the guy or not the guy? And we got yeah. closer to him being the guy yesterday. That's a win. Yeah, no, you're right. As long as Sam Howe looks good, I'm happy. I'm not really focused on the defensive side of the ball. That's MP on the mic. You can check him out from 10 to 12 noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. The four and five Commanders can be heard right here on 910 The Fan with a two-hour pregame show and a two-hour postgame show. And Washington was up 10 to nothing. Then, the blink of an eye, it was 14-10 Patriots with the ball to start the third quarter. And they started the third by getting a field goal and took a 17-10 lead. Washington then scored 10 points in their next 15 offensive plays to go up 20-17 and got the win. Joining us right now, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you hear him right here on 910 The Fan alongside Grant Polson. It's Danny Ruye. What's going on, Danny? What do you say, my friend? Uh, yeah, the Wolves are at Ron Rivera's door. So, of course. I, I'm having trouble hearing you, Danny Stubbs. See if you can get him back on hold and, and try again. I. I couldn't hear him there at all, so let's just try this again real quick. And uh, Look, so this was a, a big momentum swing where the Patriots had a big lead uh, with 17-10 there, had all the momentum. Washington was able to kind of fight back thanks to Sam Howell, stayed poised and strong, even stronger in the pocket and, and able to run the ball. And uh, there's just so much to build off of in a performance like that from Sam Howell, his receiver's all got pumped up to see him run and get that huge first down, and they rewarded him with some clutch catches in the second half, including Antonio Gibson out of the backfield fighting for extra yards, getting a first down, and Jahan Dotson's 33-yard touchdown catch. So Sam spread it around to nine different receivers throughout the game. How wild is that? Nine different guys caught a pass, including Byron Pringle, who made three huge catches for 55 yards. Seemed to be all third down, clutch tough situations. It was for all the chips, the Pringle game. Uh, back to the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline with Danny Ruye. Good to talk to you on a victory Monday, Danny. Yes, indeed, my friend. We'd, we'd forgotten what these sound like and feel like. It's been, uh, it feel like basically a month, right? Yeah, and so I put it out to callers earlier, and, and I got an interesting take on this. How happy are you on a scale of 1 to 10? Like a caller said six, I'm feeling like an eight. Like it's not a 10 out of 10 win, uh, but it's definitely a great sign uh, to win a road game against the Patriots. Yeah, it's a fascinating question. I, I actually have been struggling with this. I don't know how I feel. Um, to me, this is like winning a game to maybe get to eight wins or something like that. I, 
I don't really care about that, to be honest with you. So this is like a four out of ten for me, probably. I, I'm not mad. I'm not, like, upset. Um, but the big picture is we're going to have a GM, like, a, in the offseason. You know what I mean? So, like, what we're doing now just feels like, um, I don't know, like it's, uh, it's like a control part of an experiment. Like, I'm just not really that compelled or interested other than Sam Howell's performances, what is Jahan Dotson doing? You know, how do some of these guys step up in the wake of, uh, you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young being moved? You know, I, those are the things I kind of care about. If, they, if they'd lost 20-17 to 17 yesterday or, or something like that, I don't know that I'd be that down either. Um, so I'm not, like, over the moon uh, because they won the game. I, I care a lot more about the future. And for the first time in my, you know, in your lifetime certainly, but in decades for me, there actually is a future here. And that's what's got me over the moon. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, you're telling me Jason Campbell wasn't a franchise quarterback, even though we tried again and again and again with Campbell. I am telling uh, you, you that, yes. I am telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right about it being a 4 out of 10, though, because like, uh, when I did my show on Saturday in D.C., half the callers were like, fire Ron Rivera. I don't care if we win another game. I'm focusing on Sam Howell. That's the only thing that matters to me. I don't care how the defense mm-hmm. plays. Uh, but Sam was awesome, and he, I think he's so good at these bullet passes down the middle of the field, like anywhere from 10 10 to 40 yards, if he's bulleting it, it's on target and accurate. Now, the lob passes, uh, he seems to lose some accuracy, but how would you evaluate Sam Howell's performance? So we're going to remember that interception before the half, which was a potential game loser, honestly. The the swing there, because you mentioned it um, before I hop back on, was the Patriots were going to get the ball to start the second half. Washington's marching down the field at a minimum – that's a field goal to kind of stem the tide, right? Because the Patriots just scored, uh, you know, 14 points to take the lead there when you dominated play early on. That interception was a, oh, my God, what are we doing? Stop everything. This isn't going to work type play, right? It was really, really, really bad. And the thing that I've been most impressed with Sam Howell on isn't necessarily the, the, the fact that he doesn't make mistakes. It's, it's everybody in this league does, you know. Like Pat Mahomes had a three-interception game. Uh, just over a month ago. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen the best in the business not hit a throw, miss a read, do whatever. It's the rebound. Nothing affects this guy. Nothing gets him down. Nothing, you know, he's willing to take a shot the very next play, you know. Um, and that's kind of, to me, what the most impressive part is. When he's able to get to the top of his drop, scan the field, and throw the football, he's good. He is. I, I mean, that's the reality of it. It's getting there that's been the problem this year. We've beaten this to death. The sack numbers, the hit totals, they are unsustainable. Better again this week, two weeks in a row now. We officially have a trend uh, where, you know, he's been kept upright for the most part. They've kept him clean. They found a way to get rid of the football out of his hands, whether it's simplifying reads, whether it's just, you know, emphasizing the quick game. Whatever the case may be, it seems like finally an adjustment has been made to prioritize him being upright and I think the results speak for themselves. He's in pretty elite company here through 10 starts in terms of some of the totals that he's put up. Those are real things. And uh, so to me, very, very encouraging. Uh, and you mentioned it, some of those throws where you go, that's a tight fit, man. That's a Justin Herbert type throw. He's able to do those things, uh, maybe more than the average bear. So it's been exciting for sure. I think I know football, Danny, pretty well, right? I've watched every game for more than 25 years. But one thing I just do not understand is pass protection and sliding protections and the schemes on the offensive line. Like, how has replacing Nick Gates, well, just one guy, made such a big impact? Well, it's a great question. One, I mean, this is for, you know, the, the real tape-watching 
dudes. I'm not talking about like a guy that like is a reporter that claims he watches tape. You just watch the DVR, dude. That's not tape. Anyway, um, <laughs> to me, it, it's 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 a twofold thing. Number one, I don't think Nick Gates is very good at blocking. Uh, I think that's a huge essential part of being an offensive lineman is being able to block. He was getting beat an awful lot, whether it was uh, some of the stunts and games that, that linemen were running against him or, or otherwise. I don't think he was particularly good, especially when it comes to pass pro. Two, yeah, knowing where the bad is coming, right? Knowing where the, the danger spots are, I think is absolutely essential. So, um, you know, Gates had basically been a guard uh, in New York for the most part. He played some center. This is one of those things where they think he's going to do something that he hasn't really done uh, all that much. And surprise, surprise, they're not smarter than everybody. It didn't work. And uh, they're better off, not with their third-round draft pick in their mind, although Ricky Stromberg's hurt, but with a guy that's been in and out of their lineup, you know, two dozen times, it seems like, over the last couple of seasons. So, so yeah, again, this is a both, hey, good, they found something, they can fix it, but B, why is this broken? Why coming into a season with a guy that has no experience at quarterback that you know takes a bleak ton of sacks, are you going to go with anything less than an incredible offensive line, not bargain basement billies at right tackle and center, and hope a couple internal solutions that haven't really done it yet are going to pan out? Looks like they were right about Sam Cosme. Bully for you. That makes one out of four spots that you changed over that weren't correct. Love having Danny Ruye on the show. You can check him out alongside Grant Polson right here on 910 The Fan from 3 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, so you mentioned the one turnover from Sam Howell, and I want to break this down with you because in my mind, that's less on Sam Howell, more on the coaching staff. Coach Bienemy and Ron Rivera, I don't think Ron understands how timeouts work there because he had three timeouts. They're driving down the field. The clock is running from 35 seconds left to 30 to 26 by the time they snap it. I'm thinking call timeout, and then you have plays where you can run to either side of the field. You could throw, but instead they do that stupid rollout where they chop block the Ed's rusher, and then it's just a tight end or one wide receiver. Only two options there when you know your quarterback struggles to throw the ball away, and so he tries to fit it into Dotson and throws the interception. And Yes, it's on Sam Howell, but in my mind, I blame the coaching staff as well. So I like that opinion. Um, it's basically... They gave him kind of some mediocre ingredients, right, is the way I think about it. Like, imagine you go to a restaurant, you got okay ingredients on a, on a play, maybe even below average, and he, he like, handed out, like, goose turd. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that, that Sam Howell throw is so unacceptable. I, I don't care what the play call was. I don't care what the design was. Even though I'm with you, it wasn't good. I don't think the clock management was particularly good there. I guess they were very concerned about leaving the prolific Mac Jones and the Patriots offense any kind of time. I'm sure that's a danger, by the way. But, yeah, uh, I'm with you. I I would have called timeout there because now you can run anything. Uh, I don't mind a sprint out in that spot. I like, you know, giving Sam Howell some options uh, athletically. Like, if, if, you know, a defender's peeling back too far to stay with one of the receivers, maybe he could have run that in. I thought the Patriots handled it well, which means that should be an automatic trigger for there is nothing here. This play is dead. I've got three more chances to score points, and we need points in this spot above all else. Even if it's three, that would have been paramount. To end up forcing that ball in there is just so bad. I, I understand your point, though, and I, you know, I'm, I'm all for blaming Ron Rivera for everything and anything because he's in charge of everything <laughs> and anything. But yeah, that, that to me is a is a Sam Howell problem more so than it is a play call that didn't work. But I, I, I hear your point, Danny. How frustrated were you that they threw the flag for roughing the passer on KJ Henry when he only did was tackle the quarterback? 
Yeah, we don't have words, man. I, I lack the proper, uh, uh, you know, acumen and vocabulary to be able to properly describe. We need brand new words for how stupid this is. Now, in general, I thought that officiating crew was terrible yesterday. And I know that one went against Washington. A couple others did, too. I thought there were a handful of times where if you're a Patriots fan, you had plenty of gripes. Right. I, I mean, although they deserve a thousand years of bad justice. Uh, for all the cheating and success they've had previously, and they're now paying that off. I hope they're bad for another 100 years. But as a quick sidebar, I thought that officiating crew yesterday had no idea. I don't, you know, they, they didn't know what a hold was, what pass interference was. I thought Washington got away with a couple different times on third downs where Mac Jones was furious and livid and Bill Belichick was muttering under his breath to a nearby official. Uh, I thought that crew was, was, was awful. What I can't stand is the shoulder shrug and go, I guess, yeah, that's just kind of it when they cut the Dino Blandino. I'm going, what, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? The guy had the football in his hands. Uh, it wasn't one of those. I understand it, even though I disagree with it. I understand if he'd thrown the ball, had nothing, and then was hit, and then you know Henry's uh, momentum piled on top of him or something, whatever that stupid rule is. You, they want you to basically to separate your shoulder or break your wrist in order to avoid doing something <laughs> to the quarterback. I thought that was just so stupid. Maybe that's the letter of the law. If that's the case, I would change that law immediately, but they're not going to do that. They're prioritizing quarterback's health uh, above all else, even though, by the way, we had, a, we, had a, we had a week of, what, a dozen guys that weren't the initial plan uh, at quarterback play this past week. In these past couple of weeks, it's been you know, the Gardner, Minshew, Zach Wilson uh, experience for a lot of times you know, based on injuries. So no matter what you do, these guys are going to end up banged up because you have 250-pound monsters running four threes chasing them down. Bad stuff's going to happen. But, yeah, I, I hated that call. I hate everything about it. I hate what it stands for. And I know it went against Washington, so it sounds like sour grapes. I'm telling you. That, that there's there's the the phrase that always comes back to me is what is a defensive player supposed to do? It's the same thing with college targeting, where these guys are going so fast, and the slightest micro adjustment by the receiver to kind of crunch up turns what would be a nice hit in somebody's midsection into this helmet to helmet thing, and they're reviewing it, ejecting kids, and they're losing nil money. I, I find it so preposterous. It's so easy to legislate with this slow mo that we've kind of gotten way overboard, way out of whack. I cannot stand it. It's not football. It's wrong. And also ban the touch push. I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I hate it. <laughs> oh, great rant there. That's Danny Ruye. Follow him on social media at Funny Danny, and you can check out Grant Danny right here on 910 The Fan following my show. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you, pal. Have a good one. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. We're live and local till 3 p.m. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Commanders, the 4-5 and five Washington Commanders. Here on a Victory Monday, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. You can join me, check out the show, grab a beer, and take an extended lunch break on a Monday. You deserve it. It's time for the Commander's Corner. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. And we begin with the who, what, when, where, how, and why the Commander's won on Sunday. The who, the 4-5 and five Washington Commanders, who cares about wins and losses this season? If the Commanders are able to find their franchise quarterback, right? Let Sam Howell cook. Let Coach Eric Bieniemy scheme it up. And I'm fine with watching this team lose as long as the offense looks good. And yesterday it did. And you know what? They won. Unlike last week. Now Sam Howell, who? 
slinging Sammy Howell has looked good in two straight games, and the commander's offense has gone over 400 yards for two straight games. Who is our franchise quarterback? Who, you ask me? His name is Sam Howell. And I love that he's our guy because I keep joking to my friends, I really think he looks like a UNC frat bro. Like he looks like a North Carolina Tar Heel frat bro that's probably awesome at crushing beer bongs and, you know, uh, shotgunning beers and all that good stuff. He's probably dominant on the beer pong table, but he's been dominant on the field for our commanders. The what? What I'm most happy about today. What I'm happiest about today, happiest about today is I really felt like Eric Bieniemy, Coach Eric Bieniemy, the assistant coach and the offense coordinator, won his individual coaching matchup against Bill Belichick, right? We all knew coming into it that Bill Belichick is one of the best defensive coordinators and head coaches of all time. He knows how to scheme it up, especially against rookies. Well, they said during the broadcast, Coach Eric Bieniemy felt comfortable going against the Patriots as long as he could stay one step ahead of Coach Belichick. That's exactly what he did. It was an amazing game plan. We ran the ball successfully, threw it to nine different receivers. Yeah, that's hard to, hard to cover when you got nine different guys getting open, and we were excellent on third down. What a game plan and scheme by Coach Eric Bieniemy. What a freaking coaching job by Bieniemy. Where? Where was this game won? I think this game was won in the secondary. The last few games I've been saying it was won at the line of scrimmage. I think this game was won in the secondary because Washington was able to throw deep. They were able to throw medium. They were able to show, throw short against the Patriots and all of their different disguise um, coverages while offensively Washington played very well. Defensively in their secondary, St. Juice, Fuller, and Emmanuel Forbes stepped up in a big way. Even Quan Martin had the game-sealing interception. But my favorite thing about Washington secondary yesterday was nine total of nine pass deflections. Jamin Davis did great against tight ends and running backs for the most part. St. Juice himself had three pass breakups on his own, and Emmanuel Forbes could have had an interception. He played really great, and Washington held the Patriots to just 17 points. Where was this game won? I believe it was won in the secondary. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. We get to the how. The how for me is how does the NFL not review roughing the passer penalties like how do you not have that in place by now because it's not just the first year it feels like for the past five years nobody on the defensive side of the ball knows how to get a sack anymore right they end up doing one hand or they like have to alligator arm and crab crawl over you and make sure they don't avoid landing on you how the hell does the nfl not have a reviewing set up in place for roughing the passer penalties they stole Stole the first sack of a fifth-round pick, K.J. Henry's career. Stole it from him with a total BS roughing call. And it was not just a sack, but a sack fumble, game-changing turnover that, in fact, changed to a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty, which is just insane to me because it was a terrible call with multiple NFL uh, people calling it the worst roughing the passer call of all time. Of all time. It, it was awful. And it, and it could have cost Washington possibly the game because uh, that turnover you thought could have had Washington cruise to victory. Instead, New England had another chance to get into the end zone. Uh, the why for today. Why did Washington win this game? For me, why they won? They won because they held New England to 3 of, thir thir three of 12 on third down, and they converted touchdowns in the red zone. Why did they win? Red zone efficiency 
and third down conversions, which were part of my keys to victory for the Commanders. And I'm just, I'm so happy about this win because keeps the season alive, right? Keeps the season alive, fan base happy for at least another week. The defense, they looked galvanized. The defense looked hungry. The offense, it really, really looks like we found our franchise quarterback. Now, he may not be a top 10 quarterback, but I can tell you this. He's definitely better than Mac Jones. He's definitely better than Bryce Young, the number one overall pick this year. He's definitely better than Desmond Ritter. He's better than many of the quarterbacks selected ahead of him. And Sam Howe wants to be our guy in Washington for a long time. Sam, his last five games, 1,510 passing yards. That's first in the NFL. And last five games, 10 touchdowns tied for first in the NFL. Uh, last five games, 66 completion percentage and a quarterback rating of 94.6. Hal was asked about wanting to be the franchise quarterback here in Washington, and he said, quote, I want to be the QB here for a really long time. How I'm going to get to that point is by taking it one day at a time and doing everything that I can on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's kind of the way I look at it, Hal said. I never worry about the future. I take it one day at a time, and I try to give every single day everything I've got. I give my teammates, I give the organization every single thing that I have every single day. That's what I'll do. I'll continue to try to do. And, uh, I mean, that just shows you that if you work hard, if you show up every day motivated, that anything is possible, and you can uh, reach your dreams. And Jonathan Allen, even last week, said, I truly believe Sam Howe is our franchise quarterback I believe he's our QB for the next five to ten years. And as we look around the NFL right now, Matthew Stafford at number 10 with just over 2,000 yards. Derek Carr, nine. Jared Goff and the Lions, they're flying higher. Eighth, C.J. Stroud just had one of the best uh, rookie games of NFL history. He's seven. Kirk Cousins now injured for the year. He's six. Jalen Hurts is five. Josh Allen is four. Patrick Mahomes is three. Two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Behind Sam Howe. Sam Howe is number two with 2,471 yards, trailing only to a Tagalavoa of the Miami Dolphins. That's got to make you feel good about Sam Howe being our franchise quarterback. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910 every day. On AWOD Radio at 1 p.m., we open up the phone lines, 833-804-0910, for the Richmond Commander. Segment focused on taking your calls here on the fan. We want to talk to the fans of the Skinny Skin Skins, 833-804-0910. It's AWOD's 10 Takeaways coming up next. 